Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, Ireland's first ever satellite is getting ready to be launched into space. AirSat 1, which has been developed by a team at UCD, has left Irish shores and is headed to California. And it'll be launched into space at the end of this month. Now, Ireland is currently the only full member of the European Space Agency that does not have its own satellite. But AirSat 1 team hopes to change that. So why is it important to put all of this time and all of this money and all of this effort into space? Well, I'm joined on the line now by David Moore, who is the chairman of Astronomy Ireland, um, and also Neve Shaw, science communicator, space enthusiast and writer too. Uh, good afternoon to both of you. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Um, Neve, can I start with you, Neve? Um sure. I I wouldn't have thought that there is big business in space. Oh my gosh, there's huge, huge potential in space, Maraid. I mean, every country now is getting involved. Uh, All right, if we look at it from the European side, so Ireland is a member of the European Space Agency and and as a member, we have an opportunity to bid and to and to compete with contracts that they that they set out. In the last kind of five to ten years, uh, these space agencies like NASA and the European Space Agency, they realise that it's more economical uh, for them if they subcontract work. So they would say, say for instance, they have a, a science mission going out all the time. They would be um, they would be saying, you know, we're we're sending out this spacecraft to Jupiter. Um, apply for your experiments to go on board. So that's one part. That's the research area. But more recently, then they're saying, okay, we're sending the spacecraft out to uh, Jupiter, but we want to, we want to, um, you know, we, we need uh, bearings, we need um, motors, we need cameras, whatever it is. And then they will put out bids for that. And because Ireland is a member state, it's able to bid for those contracts. So that's the whole area of of investment. And our government has been investing heavily in in developing these relationships. And in Enterprise Ireland, they have a special delegation to ESA and the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment has that as well. And that's one aspect of the business. But the the business that's really they're they're trying to encourage people to engage in is not necessarily that you provide... um, you provide like hardware or software to to ESA or these agencies is that you take advantage of the data that's already available by the satellite system that ESA provides. So navigation, telecommunications, um, you know, if you want to take advantage of it to predict climate change or flooding or or the building of trees, like we have these Irish companies like Tree Metrics that take advantage of that. Um, and so there is a huge area uh, developing. They reckon it's going to be like a three three trillion dollar business in no time. Oh yeah, it's it's huge. And so Ireland has the infrastructure for that, and it's crying out for people to contact Enterprise Ireland. Has infrastructures in place and and grants and funding. Uh, there's the European Space Agency Space Solution Centre uh, that operates out of Tyndall and Cork that are are that have a whole support structure for anybody with an idea, an entrepreneur with a startup, um, and and that's all there. And then you have the whole venture capitalist, and then you have people that are just sort of setting up that that basically they they already have a product or they already have a facility that they suddenly realise oh this is adaptable to space, and then they make a bid and they get it. So. Space is just becoming, the space sector is becoming another industry type in Ireland and becoming very mainstream. So it is huge. So space could be another farming. Yeah, it's another form of employment. And and the great thing is, is like we have a very rich 
um, you know, legacy of, of great thinkers and writers and scientists. And they're exactly the kind of people that will adapt very well to the, to the space sector. So so writing, being able to put in for, for funding applications, being able to write about, you know, um, technical information um, uh, and then also like scientists and engineers to build and to think and to problem solve. And if you're a coder writing apps, there's just no end. Okay. You just need to you just need to see the infrastructure that's there. So start with Enterprise Ireland, I would say, to people who are interested in getting involved. OK. And and David, um, look, I'm going to throw it out there. Do you think we, we'll ever live in space? Will that ever happen? Well, right now, as we speak, we've got seven astronauts on board the International Space Station, three more on the Chinese Space Station. And, you know, you want to look further ahead. We've all seen the science fiction movies where the humans are populating space, perhaps meeting a few uh, other races of uh, Star Trek fashion. But in real terms, the world's two richest men, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, both own space companies. What do they know that we don't? And secondly, they've appeared on stage jointly together saying that they are going to put one million people on Mars by the end of this century. Now, if anybody else said that, you'd say... uh, uh, yeah, right. Nonsense. Nonsense. But they're putting their, mo- their money where, where their mouth is. So as Neve said, it's a trillion dollar industry. It's set to grow nonstop. And non-astronomers, non-scientists, financial people have said that the world's first trillionaire is expected to be a space entrepreneur. Oh, so any That means it's only going to be one of those two, though. That will be Elon or Jeff, won't it? Well, when you once you get one trillionaire, you tend to get a few more. The world's rife now with billionaires. The next stage is trillionaires. And, you know, if you want to get in at the ground floor, it might not happen for a few decades yet. Then space is certainly the place to watch. And there's just so much you can do with space. It powers our everyday lives. Uh, thank goodness the Irish government sees this and they've increased our funding into the European Space Agency. So seeing this Irish satellite being launched, so we have our own satellite because we're involved in a lot of other satellite missions, is a great step forward. And we wish them luck when they launch at the end of the month. And, and, and David, you know the way you've mentioned there that we could live on Mars. What would that look like? <laughs> it would be different to, to the Earth. It'd probably be more like living in the kind of research stations we have at the South Pole at the moment. But, you know, once you've got millions of people, the idea of having habitats that are habitable on Mars, it's just a question of technology. We can't breathe the air. The gravity is roughly a third of what it is here on the Earth. There's no running water, but the, we know there's water below the surface. I remember the front cover of an Astronomy Island magazine back nearly 20 years ago now, mm. and one of the landers scraped back the soil, and there was the water as frozen ice under the soil, just a few centimetres down. So you can practically dig it up with a bucket and spade. Oh. So that's why people favour Mars more than, say, the moon, where the gravity is even less, although it is a lot closer, and we are going to use it as a stepping stone. So, you know, we don't know when all this is really going to happen, but I think when the world's two richest men own space companies and say what they're prepared to do. And, you know, we cover this every month in Astronomy Island magazine. Elon Musk's uh, giant starship is basically a 100-seater bus that can go to Mars. He's serious about this, and he's getting on with it. Where he finds time for all his other hobbies like Twitter, X, and the like is beyond me. But he's not the only one. 
Uh, there's a text in here to 087-1400-106. God help Mars if humans decide to settle on it. Poor planet. And also, what about this one? Uh, would the money going towards this not be better spent on sorting out the homeless problem or feeding the poor? I think this is the pure waste. What would you say to that, listener? Neve, well, maybe I'll leave, it that, leave yeah, that to you, Neve. Well, I think, yes, I mean, I have a very strong social conscience. I understand exactly where that, where that listener is talking about. I think the thing about it is, though, you got the thing about space is space is about thinking long term. You know, we, we have a tendency in society to think short term and, you know, we're suddenly presented with problems and we have to fix them. Um, but where are we going? You know, uh, where do, who do we want to be as a society in 50 years time, 100 years time? And it's very important that we think about those things because we have a problem now with, with climate change, probably because we didn't really think about that when we were burning, burning all the fossil fuels and stuff. So I'm, I'm drawn to space because I really do believe it attracts big thinkers. And whatever we think about billionaires like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they are big thinkers. So I'm not money driven. So I, I'd like to kind of use those minds to think about, well, what kind of society do we want to build? I don't want to live in a society of homelessness. I agree completely with that, with that text. So, so what can we do? And I, and I believe that space inspires. Space makes people look at the world differently and look at ourselves differently as a, as a species. So when astronauts have the, 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 and billionaires now actually, have the opportunity to see the Earth from space, they all express, ex- describe this experience called they now coin it the overview effect and it was written by a book in a by a guy called Frank Wright if people Frank White if you want to find out about it. And so they all have this like moment where they go, Oh my God. You know, they, they suddenly they suddenly see the blackness of space, that's black they call it the black velvet of space and that there's nothing around us and no one's coming anytime soon to help us. So space inspires, it's a massive it's a massive kind of a factory for problem solving because just like Dave said, you take any human off Earth and it's extremely dangerous. You know, this course, isn't something yeah. that you just do. So, so we, should look, we should look for solutions to help Earth. And so that comes from thinking big, uh, big solving, uh, opportunities like and seeing Ireland's first uh, satellite and Ireland's first person in space, hopefully in a few years. Okay, let's let's start thinking big. Think big, think big, think big. Okay, my uh, thanks to Neve Shaw, science communicator, space enthusiast and writer, and David Moore, editor of Astronomy Ireland magazine. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.